0: Welcome to Mission Viejo Christian Church. Today, Pastor Mike Maiola is bringing the word to you. So open up your Bibles and listen in. All right. How's everybody doing? Good? Before we get started, you know, uh, we just. Closed out uh, 2019, or and some of us are probably like, "Oh, thank you, Lord, that 2019 is over," <laughs> and I'm so looking forward to 2020. But I would like us all to just take a minute and just thank uh, our pastor. Can we just give some love to Pastor Mike and appreciate him for his leadership and thank you, Mike, for for casting the vision for us and really pushing us and carrying us on into a direction. Into 2020, I'm excited just to be a part of your team and excited about where God is going to take us in 2020. So thank you. We so love our pastor. We're so grateful for him and thank God for him. Um, it's just exciting. It's exciting to think about. Uh, and so as we look at uh, just a year ago, it's it's only been a year that we cast this vision of real love on mission. And since we cast that vision, it's been our heart that we want to be a church where real discipleship happens, love is on display, and lives are released on mission for Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. And we, we put our values up there. We put our mission statement out there. We really have been focused that we want to be a church where our community sees, sees real love on mission. And since we've been doing that, uh, we have seen a 40% increase in life groups. Can we give God some praise? <clears throat> 40% increase in life groups. We've seen uh, the amount of people that have joined a ministry team double in just a year, which is awesome. We give God some glory for that. And we have had more and more new people go on uh, mission trips, and we are even exciting, uh, excited and pushing more into seeing even more people uh, serving God, not only in our local community of Mission Viejo, but all of our different areas of mission. So we are just excited and looking forward to to what God is going to do in 2020. You know, one of the things that I think about when, I do, uh, when we come to a new year is we often think of the new year resolution, right? Anybody make a new year resolution? I am really good at making new year's resolutions, I may not be so good at keeping New Year's resolutions, but I'm really good at making New Year's resolutions. And the New Year's resolution, I have made the same New Year's resolution for the last 10 years. So I'm going good. I'm on a a streak, although I have not been able to keep this New Year's resolution. And I'm trying. So maybe you can help me, church. You can hold me accountable. I'm just being in front of you, transparent. Um, I'm overweight. (laughs) it's okay it's it's all right to laugh we're in a safe area I know you love me (laughs) but I am overweight and every time I look at my reflection I'm reminded that there's some areas in my weight that I need to work on and so I look in the reflection and in my mirror and I'm like yeah I need to work on these areas and then you know I'm really convicted and I've even got a scale, and I step on the scale, and I look at the reflection, and I'm like, i got to be really convicted, and my wife is, she's so good. She cheers me on. She, she loves me despite it all, and she's doing a great job supporting me. But I, it doesn't take me more than 30 uh, steps to walk down and through my garage to see this. <coughs> this is my garage. Woo! And in my garage, I have an elliptical. I have a treadmill, and I have a stationary bike, and these have been here uh, for a number of years now. Let's just say that, okay? And every morning, after looking into my reflection, I walk past these instruments of change, these instruments of health. I even have a TV there that's supposed to reduce the pain, right? It can take my mind off the suffering as I'm as I'm on the elliptical or the treadmill or whatever. And every time. I walk past these every morning without doing anything with them. In fact, did you know that I got all of these for free? I know. It, these are people's New Year's resolutions that they didn't keep. <laughs> I, I adopted their New Year's resolutions, and now they sit in my garage as my reminder of a resolution. But we do that, don't we? We look in our reflection, we see things that we know maybe need to change. Maybe it's not uh, physically, uh, but maybe uh, we see our reflection through people. And so maybe our desire is to be more kind, but the reflection that we get back is that we're not being very kind. Uh, Maybe we desire to not be as prideful, but some of the reflection that we get back from others is that we're being pretty prideful. Uh, maybe we're trying not to be uh, uh, as unforgiving, and, but yet the reflection coming back is that we're kind of unforgiving. And so we look in the, the mirror, we look at our reflection, and, and a lot of times, sometimes when we take a really hard, honest look at ourselves, we see things that we know need to change, But sometimes we go on by and forget that we need to make those changes or that we don't even put those changes into practice. In the same way that I walk by those instruments of health, sometimes we can look at our own reflection and not make any changes. And we all struggle with it. We all come into this place where we want to do better. I look at the reflection and I want to do better and I'm going to do better. I'm going to make a New Year's resolution that I'm going to be more kind. I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to be less prideful. I'm going to be more time in the word. I'm going to be more time in prayer. I'm going to join a life group. I'm going to do all of these things. But sometimes even with those good intentions, even when we look at the honest reflection that's staring back at us, we fail to make the change. And so today, we're going to be challenged. And Pastor Mike, I, I, I want you to know, you may get some emails to, to, today, So <laughs> just so you know. I want to challenge us as the church to take an honest, hard look at our reflection and ask ourselves if we need to make any changes. Can we do that together? Okay. Open... Uh, your Bibles to James chapter 1. We're going to be in verse 22. And just to tell you a little bit about James, James was the half-brother of Jesus. Could you imagine being the half-brother of Jesus and what that would have been like, right? Well, James actually, uh, before Jesus' resurrection, wasn't a believer in Jesus. He was not on mission with with Jesus. It wasn't until Jesus' resurrection that James recognized and saw that Jesus was not just his half-brother, but he was Lord and Savior of the world. And for me, that's awesome evidence, right? Because if my brother, like I know my brother, (laughs) right? But Jesus, or James knew Jesus' half-brother, and he saw him and know that he was resurrected and then could not do anything but say this, is my Lord and Savior. He is my Lord and Savior. So we're going to be in James chapter 1. James has been uh, writing this letter to all the different believers in Jerusalem. Uh, the believers in Jerusalem had scattered. Uh, many believe that the reason they had scattered was because uh, they were under great persecution after the stoning of Stephen, who was a Jesus follower, and he was preaching Jesus, and they, uh, he was a martyr. And so they were scared, and they ran and they were hiding. And so James is writing this, this letter to these believers, and he's telling them all sorts of things that they, um, to, to, to enjoy uh, this, to have joy in light of the, the challenges and the persecution that they have, uh, that even though they are in fear for their lives, that it's going to bring them into a place where it's growing their faith. And and James is talking to them about not being prideful, and, and to be careful of their, of their uh, focusing on earthly wealth, and all of these things about uh, just moral and ethical uh, just circumstances that they were struggling with. He wanted them to be more like Jesus. He wanted them to be a better reflection of who Jesus was. And so he picks it up, we pick it up here in verse 22 where James says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. and what they do and in the same way that Michael J talked about uh, being blessing it's that peace. So James is saying we want I want you to encourage you I want to implore you I want to empower you. Do not be merely hearers of the word. If you're merely hearing the word and you go by uh, go away unchanged then there's there's no there's nothing to be good about that. You want to be a blessing. You want to be. You want to bring peace into your life, and you want to be peace for others. And so James doesn't play around. He says it to it. Say tells it to him plain and simple, and he says, "Obey God's word." So I brought a mirror today. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> and I'll try not to blind you. <laughs> but church, we're going to take. We're going to take a pic, uh, look at ourselves today. And we're going to look at our reflection, and we're going to look at ourselves, and we're going to listen to these words of James, and we're going to ask ourselves, have we been merely hearers of the word and not doers of the word? And so let's break this down. The word of God says that I need to be slow in my speech. But when I look in the reflection, and when I know that people are receiving, do I come back? with anger? am i always trying to get a word in. I'm always got a post that I need to reply on. Is there always a group of the chat that I got to be a part of? Is there something that I have a word that I got to say and I got to express myself? Or am I slow in my speech and am I reflecting a, a heart that is more in line with Jesus? Do I look into the reflection and am I Wanting to know God more? Am I in the word? Am I, am I praying to God and hearing from him? Am I in a life group? Am I in community? Am I doing all of these things because ultimately I want to reflect Jesus? But when I look in the mirror, am I, is that the image that I see? There's all sorts of different things that we as Christians say and proclaim, but when we take an honest look in the mirror, would these words of James apply to us? Are we merely hearing the words and not doing them? So we're going to take an honest look. Is that okay, church? Can we do that together? Okay. One of the things we do as a staff is every Monday, we do that. Every Monday as a staff, we took, take a look in the mirror And we look at ourselves as a church, and we ask ourselves some questions. One of the questions we ask as a leadership is: we say, "What are some uh, some victories? What are some ways that we saw God work in people's lives? What were some things that we can celebrate as a church? What can we celebrate as a leadership team?" And we we talk about that. I know this family. uh, They was their first time coming to the church, and they really uh, liked the church, and they were going to keep coming back. And we're excited they're going to come into the to starting point. We can go. Yes, that's awesome. God is good. Glad to hear that somebody's getting connected and moving into starting point. Or there's somebody who is giving their life to Christ for the very first time, and they're going to be baptized. Uh, on Sunday, and we're just like, that is awesome, that is what we've been uh, just asking God for, for people to come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, and to be baptized, identifying with him in his death, burial, and resurrection, and we give God all the glory, and the praise, and we come together, and it encourages us, it builds our faith, and we're excited. Every Monday morning, we come, and we talk about what God is doing, and we celebrate together as a team, and it's great but we also look at the hard things and we ask ourselves some hard questions and we say, what was missing this Sunday? Was there anything that was confusing? Was there anything that we did that maybe uh, wasn't that great? Maybe it was something that uh, caused somebody to not like uh, come to know Jesus as much as we want them to come to know Jesus. We ask some questions, but the really Tough question that we ask ourselves is, if Jesus came to Mission Viejo Christian Church, would he want to stay? If Jesus came to Mission Viejo Christian Church, would he want to stay? And one of the ways we ask that, or we kind of wrestle with that question, is we look at Jesus' teachings through the parables. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like this. And he would give an illustration and a parable and he would tell a story. And so we look at those parables and we say, okay, I see the, see the, the priest walked by. The Levite Levi walked by. The Good Samaritan stopped. We want to be more like a church that's like that Samaritan, loving our neighbor. And we, we unpack, okay, what does it look like to be salt and light? What does it look like to be a church with a culture that's salt and that's light? And we talk about those things because we want to be a church that looks like the culture that Jesus taught about. Amen? And so we ask ourselves those questions and we look at ourselves in the mirror and we ask ourselves as a leadership team, are we leading people into that understanding? And sometimes we feel as a leadership team that we do really well at that, and there's other times we look at the re- reflection and we say, you know what, we need some work. We need some help. We need to look at some things that we need, can do differently. You know, Jesus walked into a church, and he had some strong words for this church. In Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 14, it says that Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. He said, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed him. And this is a picture of Jesus having a strong conversation with the church. And he's communicating to the church, you have put me out. You have put me out. You have become irrelevant. You have lost my heart. What was intended to draw closer to me, you have turned into personal gain. And Jesus comes in there and he has a hard conversation with the church and he says, my church should be a house of prayer. And then what does Jesus do? Jesus heals them. Jesus heals those who needed healing. He models for the church what the church should be about. And that is healing. Healing. We live in a very broken world, full of people who need healing. And if Jesus were to come into our church, would he see a people seeking after him and desiring for our community to come to know him and receive that healing? And so Jesus is talking to them, and he's not saying these things because he hates the church. He's saying these things because he loves the church. What you love, you want to improve. And so Jesus is coming onto the scene and his heart is broken because the people are distant from them. They've turned it into something that is far from God, and Jesus comes in and helps them to see that my house should be a house of prayer and people who come here should receive healing. And so church, we want to be a church that is a house of prayer and is a church that is about healing. But in order to do that, we as a people need to take that hard, honest, Look in the mirror. And so, church, I want us to take that journey together this morning. So I'm going to encourage us to take notes, and you'll see why at the end of service. So if you on the, on the way in, you should have gotten a, a bulletin, and there's a pen that's sitting out there in front of the chair. I want to encourage you just to take notes, and we've got an action step at the end that I want to encourage everybody to do. But the first question we have is Does my reflection show that I like Jesus, but I'm not like Jesus? When I look in the reflection and I take an honest look at myself, does it show that I like Jesus, but I'm not like Jesus? The word Christian means Christ like doesn't mean like Christ. It means that I want to be like Christ. Sorry, got that kind of confused there <laughs> Stay with me. <laughs> but we can be fans or we can be followers. A community that is just likes Christ but it is not Christ-like, those are fans but a community that is Christ-like, they are, those are followers. And can I just tell you that if we want to see our community change, if we want to see people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, we need to be Christ-like. Because fans are not going to change our community, but followers will. And so when we look at, in the mirror, and we take an honest look at ourselves. Do I like Jesus, but I'm not like Jesus? You know, Jesus gives us a job description. You know, there's a lot of articles about the church. I don't know if you've read any. (laughs) There's a lot of books about the church. Articles, the church should be like this. Books, the church should be like this. Posts, the church should be like this. Everybody's got an opinion about what the church should be like. How about we ask Jesus what the church should be like? Because Jesus gave us his job description. It's found in Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, "'Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, "'baptizing them in the name of the Father "'and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, "'and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you,' And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We are called to make disciples. Our job description is to make disciples. What's a disciple? A disciple is a learner of Jesus. That means I want to know Jesus. I want to learn who Jesus is. And I want others to know who Jesus is. And I want to help them come to know who Jesus is. That is our job description. We've put it on the wall, our mission reaching people with the good news of Jesus Christ to make disciples who make disciples. When we go out into our communities, we should be disciples of Jesus whose desire is to share Jesus with a community who does not know Jesus. That is our job description. So a lot of people have opinions about what the church should and should not be. But can I just remind us that the authority who is Jesus tells us to go and to make disciples who make disciples. That is what we should be doing as the church. When I look at my reflection, does it show that I focus on others' brokenness but not my own? Does it show... That I focus on others' brokenness, but not my own. Somehow, it seems that the church means that the Christians have taken Christians have taken it upon the, their responsibility to be culture critics. Mm-hmm. To say, well, those people over there in Hollywood, boy, they need to get their act together. Or those people in the media, they need to get their act together. Or those people in politics, they need to get their act together. Or those young people, they need to get their act together. Or those young people say, those old people should have their act together. <laughs> we, we look at all sorts of brokenness and we don't look at our own brokenness. And can I just encourage us as the church, as Christians, that there is nothing more convicting than to know someone who's in their brokenness, who reaches out to a savior and accepts them and knows who they are in their life. And they admit that they don't have it all together because they have a savior. And a world wants to know this Jesus, but unfortunately, it seems like the church has become more of this culture critic than what the Bible calls us to be as an example. We're to be an example of Jesus. So when I look in the mirror and I take an honest, deep look at myself, or we take a big, deep, honest look at ourselves, do we see and do we focus on others' brokenness more than our own? Jesus had something to say about that. It's in Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. Jesus' words, he says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. The process of understanding when I remove that plank from my eye, the brokenness that I have allows me to be transparent enough, allows me to be more of a connected with heart with Jesus. It allows me to be humble enough to where people are open to hearing about their own brokenness. But when I approach it in a way that is prideful and we've got it all together, there's no room for Jesus. As a church, we want to be a reflection of Jesus who has rescued our hearts from ourselves. And we need to focus on our own brokenness more than we focus on anything else and anybody else's brokenness. Does my reflection show that I put my preferences over God's? Does my reflection show that I put my preferences over God's priorities? So when you really think about this, if we are a church that wants to reach lost people, We need to love people. The only way to reach lost people is to love people. That means that I have to love with a sacrificial love. That means my time, my energy, my money, my resources are invested in others and invested in people because people is God's priority, not my preferences, And so, as a church, we've made a number of different changes to our Sunday morning. And we've made some changes that have confronted some preferences. Our Sunday morning is for casting out a large net. Because in our community and sitting amongst us are people who don't know Jesus. Sitting here on Sunday mornings are people who are atheists who are struggling to know who Jesus is. They're struggling in their faith or in their walk. And we cast a big net on Sundays because we want to have diversity in this room on Sundays because we want our worship and our messages to connect to believers and to unbelievers and to those who are wrestling and those who are just unsure and all sorts of different People come in here on Sunday mornings. And so Sunday mornings are geared with God's priorities, who are people. Not us, but people. We have life groups, which is an opportunity for us as the church to come together, to wrestle with the word together, to to be in prayer, to hold each other accountable to be challenged. Our life groups is a structure where we as the core church can grow. And what we believe that real discipleship happens in life groups. Because on Sunday morning, when we come here, it's real easy and it's safe to shake a hand and to say good morning and to how was your week and to respond, it's been fine. And we all know it's not fine because i've not ever had one week that's been completely fine have you <laughs> but we say those things because we're not willing to be vulnerable on a sunday morning but when we come into a place of a life group we can connect with each other we can hold each other accountable we can be praying for each other we can wrestle with the word together we can ask questions that we maybe we wouldn't feel comfortable to ask in this setting we can grow And in life groups, as we grow as disciples, we will become disciple makers and we will understand God's priorities, which is lost people. We want to cast a big net because our community needs to know Jesus. Now, as we look in this reflection, some of us, may see just focus on all of our imperfections well pastor brian boy i've been I've been that fan and I feel like i'm more like I'm more like Jesus than I'm in like with Jesus <laughs> I' feel like I'm more like Jesus and so I look at this and i'm I'm convicted but what next? where do we go from here if this is your time to look in the mirror and to be honest. We have to recognize that every time we look at our reflection, we are going to see imperfection because God's word says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we are all broken. We are all in need of a savior. We are all in need of Jesus. So the good news is that if you've invited Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, even though when you look at your reflection and you see the areas that you need to work on, it's not on you to fix it. You've got Jesus. You can go to Jesus with those things that you know are broken in your life. And Jesus, because of his sacrifice on the cross, has taken your sin And he's taken my sin. And he's taken as far away as the east is to the west. And so now, if I've invited Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, and I'm a new creation in Christ, I want to be a reflection of Jesus. I want to be a reflection of his image. So what does that look like? A reflection of his image shows that I love with Christ's love. A reflection of his image shows that I love with Christ's love. How do I know what Christ's love is? It's in his word. Jesus said, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If we want to know the heart of our Father, all we have to do is look at the image and the reflection of Jesus. And if we're going to truly love people, we need to truly love them in Christ's love. We need to truly love them in the way that Christ has loved us. What else? We need to share from his wisdom. If we're going to reflect Jesus, we need to share from his wisdom. That means when we are in conversation, when we're counseling, when we're talking to people, we're, we're talking from the word. The word renews our minds. The word says the love our enemies. How am I supposed to do that? <laughs> what do I need to do? How do I do that? The Word of God reveals God's priorities. And so when I'm confronted with things in my life and priorities, should I go, uh, should I sell my house? Should I be nicer to my spouse? Should I uh, care better for my kids? Should I do these things? And I look in the reflection, which is God's Word, and it's reflecting back That wisdom that God shares with us shows us the image that he wants us to represent, his image. And it helps to renew our minds. It helps us to be on the right path. And we have to be willing to share this wisdom with others. Too many times Christians are giving advice. Too much advice and not enough God's word. We need to be in the same way that I would look in the reflection and I walk by those instruments of health. If I don't walk by and pick up my Bible and I'm in the word, if I am not praying and asking God to speak to me, if I'm not in a community of people that are holding me accountable, then it's too easy to rely on myself. But if I know of spiritual health is to be in God's word and is to be in a community group and is to be in prayer, then I know that I am going to be more like Christ because that those are areas of spiritual health that are going to help me and not just rely on my own wisdom. If I'm going to be like his image, I want to be his hands and feet. We should be about our community. The question is, if Mission Viejo Christian Church was not here tomorrow, would anybody notice? Would our community even notice? If Mission Viejo Christian Church just all of a sudden wasn't here, would anybody even notice? Our heart, Pastor Mike's heart, is that our community, Mission Viejo and all the neighboring communities, would truly see a people that are the hands and feet of Jesus in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our sports arenas, all over, because we want people to see Jesus. We want to be followers of Jesus so people can see Jesus. That means we're serving in our communities, That means we're investing our time and our energy and our resources in our communities so that people can see Jesus. And so when I say that we've had, we've doubled the amount of people that are on our teams and we've seen more people going into our mission, that's awesome, that's great, but there are still some of us here that have not been on mission. And I want to encourage us that if we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we have teams where you can get involved and we can get uh, involved in our city and our communities and we can build trust and we can meet needs and and serve people so that people, we can build relationships with people so that they can come to know Jesus. So as we head into 2020, I want to encourage us as an action step to take this message that we've been talking about and I want to encourage you to tape it on your mirror at home. And so through 2020, we want to be a church that's real, that's authentic, that is broken, and we we're broken people, but we know we have a savior. And people see our savior through our brokenness. Amen. We want our people in our community to see the reflection of love. We want people in our community to see God's love. We want people in our community to see love on display. We want people in our community to see Mission Vail Christian Church like, wow, that is a serving church. Those people love Jesus. Those people are out in our communities, and anytime the city needs some help or volunteers, Mission Vale Christian Church is a church that gets on board and is meeting the needs and serving the needs of people. And in doing that, we have opportunities to help people come to know and to see Jesus. So this afternoon, we have baptisms. Can we give a round of applause? I think we have six or seven people being baptized. And can I just just share with you that every single person who is being baptized today is because someone invited them to know Jesus. Someone who was a disciple maker said, in their brokenness, can I share with you about, a G- about Jesus, who even when I was in my brokenness, when I was in my situation, I was in my sin, Jesus met me in that place and he saved me, he redeemed me, he restored me, and now I am a new creation in Christ. I want you to know this Jesus who saved me. Every single person who's being baptized today is someone who said yes to Jesus and today are identifying with his death, burial, and resurrection in baptism. And we should give God praise for that and give him glory for that. But we want to see even more people Wouldn't it be awesome to have baptisms every single Sunday where we have 10, 20 people who said yes to Jesus? Why? Because a people, when they've taken an honest look in their reflection, have said, I don't want to see my reflection anymore. I want to see Jesus in me. And I want our community to see Jesus in me. And I want to be able to, to share Christ's love. And I want to be able to share his wisdom. And I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus to a community and to a people who need to know him. And so today, maybe that day is here for you. Maybe you've been sitting here today and you've been looking in this reflection and you've been thinking about your brokenness and you've been asking, well, I don't know. I've been doing this and I've been doing that I don't know if Jesus can take my sin. Can I just tell you that Jesus died for the world? He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him shall never perish but have eternal life. Jesus came and he died for me. I was broken. I was searching for the world. I was doing so so many different things that was not of God. I was lost, and someone invited me to know Jesus. And that invitation is here for you today. Today, you can end 2019 knowing Jesus today. You can enter 2020 knowing that even though 2020 is just one year, you get to say 2020 is the year that I, got to, that I gave my life to Christ, and I get to spend eternity with Jesus this can be your year. So if that is you, we want to invite you uh, after service to come up here. Our pastors will be up here. We'd love to be able to talk to you a little bit about what that looks like to accept Jesus and invite Jesus into your heart. Maybe today you've been looking at your reflection, and you, you need to you need somebody to just be praying for you. We have our prayer partners that are going to be over here under the cross, and they count it a privilege just to pray for you. Um. Today, we want you to stick around for our baptisms. Yes, you still may have your Christmas decorations up at your home. (laughs) Yes, that lunch sounds mighty good. But what is more encouraging than for all of us to surround the baptismal? Because what we're seeing in front of us is a demonstration of a life that's changed. A life that now gets to be in eternity with God. And we as a church, I mean, are we really gonna choose lunch over that? Are we really gonna choose putting our Christmas decorations? Because let me ask ourselves, when I look in the, in the reflection, am I choosing my preferences over God's priorities? And I'm asking us as a church, can we just surround the baptismal today and those people who've said yes to Jesus, can we be the church that's choosing God's priorities? Because God's priorities are people. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we just thank you so much. God, thank you for your word. God, it's sometimes really hard to look at our reflection. Sometimes it's really challenging to look and take an honest look at ourselves and and see the areas of brokenness. But the good news is God, even in our brokenness, You redeemed us. You rescued us from ourselves. And you restored us. And God, we're so grateful for that. And now, God, we want to live a life that is reflecting you because we want other people to come to know Jesus. We want to be a community that is out and amongst the hands and feet of Jesus. We want to be a community that when people see us, they see you. I pray that as we go to 2020, that our church would explode, explode with people who want to know Jesus, who've come to know Jesus and want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. God, we're just praying that you would help us, God, help us to take that honest look at ourselves in light of your word and help us to make the change. We love you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. amen. All right. We're so glad you were able to join us today. If you'd like more information on this teaching or any other teaching, check out our website at mvcchome.org.